You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, May 16th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. I am a staff writer for Just Baseball, and obviously a host here of this all Lockdown Padres Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres. And just a heads up, if you want to see what I'm rocking as the fit today, uh, Locked On Padres on YouTube. I mean, I'll, I'll still tell my audio listeners I'm wearing a blue Hawaiian shirt because I've decided that maybe I, I, I got to wear something cool when the Padres do something cool. You know what I'm saying? I already have the NOLA hat, New Orleans hat that I wear whenever Austin NOLA does something. And just in general, whenever they do something good, I'm going to be wearing, wearing a good fit or at least an interesting fit. And they did something good this weekend, guys. They beat the Atlanta Braves in their series 2-1 series W. Even though it had some annoying moments, kind of an ugly series, but there's a lot to talk about. And I'd also like to say, um, first of all, thank you for making this podcast your first lesson every day, free and available on all platforms. I'd also like to say, sorry about missing all the episodes, episodes last week. Just was in a bad headspace. Also, no air conditioning. I do not function well when there's it's just blazing hot in the room. Just mental and personal stuff. I am back. Do not fear. And came back at a great time, I'd say. Let's talk first about Sunday's game. That's what I always like to do when we're recapping multiple games at once. I like to talk about the most recent because it is, after all, the most recent and more important and what's on everybody's mind. And it was a fun but very, very messy and weird game. First of all, Joe Musgrove, again, with another quality start. He has had only quality starts uh, so far this year against the Dimebacks, Braves, Reds twice, Pirates, Miami Marlins, and the Atlanta Braves. All quality starts. For a reminder, everybody, that's six innings with three runs or less. It's not necessarily a be-all and end-all start, but it should be mentioned how many um, quality starts Musgrove has. He's probably up there in the major leagues. Leaders, I imagine, because of just the sheer factor that every start has been a quality one. Um, I know that it basically amounts to a 4.5 ERA if you get if you went six innings, three earned runs or less. I don't like it when people say that though, because it discounts the amount of innings, the consistency, the fact that giving up three runs really doesn't mean that your team should lose, right? I don't care if it's a 4.5 ERA. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's, it's just really nice and especially should be uh, brought up with Musgrove's case because of how poor the bullpen has been uh, for much of the year. Near the bottom, probably even lower after this weekend. I know they had a good showing on Sunday, which we'll talk about in a second. But after this weekend, probably even lower uh, heading into the weekend, the seventh highest uh, ERA uh, among bullpens in all of baseball. So very, 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 very bad um, for the Padres. But Musgrove in this game, six innings. Two two earned runs, three runs total on three walks and six strikeouts. Did walk three, which is a little bit surprising. But then again, it is the Atlanta Braves. And what I will say about this series is that, personally, I didn't get to record, but I actually thought the Padres would probably take a 1-2 loss or even get swept in this series. I thought they were due for some losses. I know that they lost to the Cubs. But I thought they were due for a little bit of a, a beat-up, mostly because I think the Braves, I don't really understand why they haven't been so good. Um, just in terms of their pitching overall lineup, I mean, Kyle Wright, to me, the Padres didn't really hit for a lot of this game. But Kyle Wright looked tremendous. 
uh, for the Atlanta Braves. He went six and a third, giving up one earned run, uh, three runs, but only one earned, walking two, striking out nine. He had a couple strikeouts on, on uh, who was it, on, on the first baseman who must not be named, Jake Cronenworth, Luke Voigt, all guys getting fooled on some really incredible off-speed stuff. There was one pitch to Cronenworth. That like I saw the movement on the changeup up in the zone, and I was just like, I, I don't even blame Jake. I don't know how the heck you hit that. Kyle Wright, a real breakout pitcher in the National League this year. So I wasn't that frustrated that the Padres weren't managing to hit him. And as evidenced by only one of the earned runs, that only one of the runs he gave up being earned, a uh, lot of miscues on defense from basically every team today, uh, starting with Jerks and Profar. Reaching on fielder's choices, Will Myers. It basically started a lot of the craziness in the top 11th. But before we get to that, I do have to mention that Jerickson Profar did manage to score uh, early on in the game. He has a nice game in this one. Uh, just to recap here, what did he go? He went one for four, but he scored three runs thanks to a walk and hitting a double as well. He had a ribby in the game as well. Uh, Profar, I also mentioned on Friday, uh, currently the leader. Tied with Jackie Bradley Jr. in defensive runs saved among all eligible outfielders, which is really good, especially considering that I like his walk rate. I like that he has a, a hint of pop in his bat. I'd like that batting average to get up there. But if he can even just hit 230 and walk a decent amount, um, it's already an improvement over last year because Tommy Pham had like a negative five defensive runs saved. So if you just look at it from that perspective, he's already been an improvement. Whether or not he can be a decent bat, I don't know. I kind of believe he can from what I've seen, but for sure has been awesome. And I don't know if he's going to keep up that level of defensive prowess, but uh, because a lot of it is probably inflated by just a, a crap ton of outfield assists and throwing out runners heading to third and all play and whatnot. But nonetheless, love that from Profar. Um, rest of this game, though, uh, Hassan Kim is one of the big heroes of this game. He actually makes a mistake late in the game when he gets caught uh, trying to steal third base, which was disastrous. He slams his hand uh, in the dugout, just super frustrated with himself. He gets caught, and it was terrible because the Padres could have used that go-ahead uh, run. But Hassan Kim was not done. He actually gets two hits in this game. And the second one, also a double. He had two doubles, and that was in the top of the 11th inning that started all the fun, right, with Hassan Kim scoring. Uh, the, the double, by the way, I forgot to mention. And then Hassan Kim scores on a fielder's choice. A crazy, thanks to the speed, this is why speed's so important, uh, running and did like a barrel roll. Shout out to Star Fox. Like, do a barrel roll, like kind of sliding in at the last second. Timed his jump from third base to home perfectly on that ground out from, um, what's his face? Who was it? I forgot who hit the ground out there. Let me see who it was. It was on... Was it Profart? No. Was it Nola? I'm not exactly sure. I don't have that right in front of me. But uh, Will Myers also has some RBIs in this game. Basically, what I'm trying to say is a lot of the the, the 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 depth pieces on the Padres in terms of their lineup did well today. And that's great considering that the first baseman and Manny Machado, who was not in today's game, he had a day off, uh, had been carrying much of the load when it comes to the offense. You guys know how I feel about Hassan Kim. Love the dude. Also should be mentioned in this game, another guy that we don't give enough love, Nabil Krizmat. 1.42 ERA on the season. He seems to come in, and yes, he's given up some runs. And yes, he's walked it's a decent amount of batters, by the way, every now and then, especially against the, the D-backs when he walked three. But he doesn't get nuked. 
And he can oftentimes be a long inning reliever. Multiple times, actually. Uh, he's had more appearances in which he's gotten multiple innings than just one. So he's not necessarily a starter, but he's that perfect middle inning reliever, considering how bad the Padres' bullpen has been so far. And he was awesome in this game. Two innings, only one hit, no walks, four strikeouts. Love that from Nabil Krizmat. He's been great. Columbia uh, representation, love that. I, I think it's Columbia, right? Is that where... Uh, Nobel Chrisman is from? I should probably Google that before saying that. Um, him and Alfaro. I believe, yeah, Colombian. Okay, there we go. Had to make sure, you know how it is out here. Um, but thankfully, Nabil Chrismat, one of the, the few bright lights in the Padres bullpen so far. And love that. Was a little bit lucky with miscues from Matt Olson and Dansby Swanson. There was actually an error on the Padres side of things too, by the way. I didn't even talk about that uh, since I'm so excited. There was a Will Myers errant throw that Robinson Cano getting his first start at second base for the Padres kind of lackadaisically tries to grab it and then a runner scores from third. That was annoying. That was why it was only two earned runs on Musgrove's resume today. But uh, still, nonetheless, a win is a win. Top of the 11th inning. Love to see all of that. And couldn't be more thrilled. Couldn't be more thrilled. But before we talk about kind of the rest of the weekend and some other things, including that bullpen, guys, and some other thoughts that I have and some other starting pitching things, let me quickly talk to you about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Again, I'm going to say it one more time just because the NFL, you guys see that Chargers schedule release video? You guys know I'm a big anime guy. If the Padres keep, if the Padres win their next series, I'm going to make an, an I'm going to wear an anime outfit, or at least inspired calling it right now uh but man that charges schedule release video was awesome bet online guys it's your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts as always just a reminder everybody lockdown padres for your first listen free and available on all platforms let's keep moving Let's keep moving. Let's talk about, let's see, should I talk about the win or the loss? Let's talk about the loss first because the loss is important because it is probably the the, the overarching kind of theme with the Padres right now. It's more about the team success versus just an individual game. That was a very long-winded and somewhat pretentious way of me just saying the bullpen has been bad. And this is what was shown on Saturday. The Padres lose their one game of the series 6-5. to five over the Atlanta Braves, despite some awesome, awesome moments uh, coming from the team. Trent Grisham even managed to get a double in this game. Grisham, two nice hits for him over the weekend, uh, which wasn't, you know, that might be not the best in the world necessarily, but considering how much he struggled, he also had another RBI that we'll get into in a little bit, but, you know, he also didn't start on Friday, so that should be taken into account, but he hits an RBI double in the top of the fifth. I like that he's been hitting extra base hits, that's usually a pretty good sign, especially if he's slowly continuing that walk rate. I'm still really worried about Trent Grisham. I've lectured enough how I think that that trade, uh, Eric Lauer actually did get lit up on Saturday, but even still, I am just very, very worried that the Eric Lauer and Luis Urias combination for Trent Grisham is just a net loss on the Padres side of things. But even still, uh, a more mess in this game, by the way, too. Manny Machado reaching on Austin Riley's fielding error, um, 
allowing both Jorge Alfaro and Jake Cronenworth to score. That was very weird. Again, like I said, weird series, lots of errors by people you don't necessarily expect. Some star-level players with both Matt Olson, who did his best uh, impersonation of the Padres, Grand Ball Gremlin, who must not be named, um, and even still, and then another one, uh, Padres first baseman in the top of the eighth inning, the same inning that Austin Riley makes the error. Uh, he hits a really slow grounder up over the starting pitcher's head that allows him to be safe and allows another run to score. Jerks and Profar, thanks to his speed. Um, very, uh, just very fun. But unfortunately, unfortunately, bottom of the eighth inning, the badness starts. Uh, the badness starts. It starts with an Ozzy Albi single and then a Marcelo Zuna homer who up until that point had an OPS below 700 it was like 620, 640, something like that. Hits a, a, a home run, which was just really frustrating. We don't like Ozuna for a lot of reasons, and that was really rough. And then he allows a hit by pitch, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go go through this really quickly. Yeah, he hits Travis Darno, and then Travis Darno gets a second on a wild pitch, and then they have to bring in Nabil Krismat. So one thing that should be mentioned, and I actually tweeted this out, is that one problem with the Padres' bullpen, and this is actually might even be I might be able to spin zone this into a good thing, is that they've just chosen the worst times to blow up everybody in the bullpen. Even Krizmat early on in the season when he had those three walks and ended up giving up a run. They've seemingly always chosen the worst opportunities, right? And I know Bob Melvin hasn't necessarily been back with the team, but and it's easy to blame the manager when a bullpen guy doesn't, you know, they choose the wrong guy per se. But in fairness, when Luis Garcia, back against the Cubs, and I tweeted this, he came into the game with a 1.86 ERA. Then he left with a 3.36, 3.38 to be exact. Robert Suarez, in Friday's game, which we haven't talked about yet, aside from the opening day blow-up and some stuff at the beginning, he'd gotten 15 innings, 1.8 ERA, was getting strikeouts, 17 in fact. He'd been good, and then he gives up a run and only gets one out. And then, of course, Wilson, who I actually saw some people talking about him as being secretly a Padres, like, good weapon. He's generating a lot of whiffs. He's leaving guys on base aside from a couple of bad outings. But then he just forgets how to pitch. It was okay that he gave up one run, 5-3. In fact, it was okay that he might have given up, given up two or something like that. But for it to be home runs and singles and then wild pitches and hitting the other pitcher, or the other batter, I should say, that's just really frustrating because then it's just like you're imploding, not just being due for regression, but imploding at the worst time possible. And that's what it feels like has been the case for the Padres bullpen. Now, I will say one positive of this game, actually multiple positives of this game, is first of all, nice to see uh, the Padres just in general finding ways to score. I love to see what I saw from Grisham and whatnot. But uh, the big thing in this game is Sean Manaya, seven innings, allowing three earned runs on six hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts. A lot of that damage coming early on in the game with a Matt Olson homer, which, I mean, it's Matt Olson's going to happen. And Ozzy Albies getting a double. Those are really good batters. Oftentimes, they can hit for power. They can hit the ball deep. And Manaya, every now and then, is prone to giving up the hard stuff. Not even every now and then, just often enough, even if he does rack up the Ks. So that's okay, though, because he battled, and that's what I love about this Padres starting pitching. Even when teams seem to be on them early, they don't implode. Like, the only pitchers who have really had genuine implosions this year are you, Darvish, and I guess we could even count Nick Martinez, but you guys know how I feel about Nick Martinez. He's a back end of the rotations type of guy. I'm okay if he gives if he can go five innings, and yeah, he gives up five, but... It's the back end of the rotation when you have all these other guys that are so consistent. And with Manaya here, racking up 12 strikeouts, which is a season high, if I'm not mistaken for him. Yeah, by far his season high, uh, which is great. He's only had one start where he's had below six strikeouts. Um, excellent stuff from Sean Manaya, but 
it happens, right? It happens that you're going to give up big hits. It's more that the Padres' bullpen has been so disappointing so far as someone who was very high. Or I shouldn't say, that's not true. I wasn't high on the Padres' bullpen, but I wasn't worried about the fact that they didn't keep Mark Melanson. Uh, granted, I didn't know. Mark Melanson just looks cooked. I don't know if you guys have been following the D-backs at all. He's got an ERA of like 10 right now. He's been really bad. And that's bad news for the D-backs, who probably signed him hoping to then flip him at the deadline for some prospect return. So, that stinks. But, um, no, no, no shade at the, at the Shark. But one thing that should be pointed out is the Padres have a lot of injuries in their bullpen. So, don't get me wrong. Robert Suarez has not been as great as maybe our beloved Trevor Time told us beforehand in the offseason how much he liked him. Maybe that raised our expectations a little bit high. Maybe it raised our expectations that he throws so hard. He hasn't been shut down but still a decent reliever. The bigger thing here, aside from just the timing of the bullpen implosions, Tim Hill, he'd been a disaster, and he's on the I.L., right? Um, Pierce Johnson, he's on the I.L. Michael Baez, he's on the I.L. Who else do we have on the bio? Um, Adrian Monahone, who might be a pretty good long-inning reliever for the team, he's still on the I.L. because of his uh, injury that he sustained last year. And then you have Drew Pomeranz, which is probably the most important one. Uh, probably, not even probably, the best reliever in the Padres' rotation heading into the season. They have Taylor Rogers now, which is great. But Drew Pomeranz is awesome, so he's still recovering from an injury. Just a lot of injuries when it comes to um, the Padres' bullpen. And I think that that is a fair reason for me to say this, that I think this is going to get better. I really do. I don't think this is like the Philadelphia Phillies or some of those other teams that have been infamously bad at procuring a bullpen. Uh, Miami Marlins comes to mind as well. But I don't think it's that bad. On top of the fact that they have a lot of guys hurt, hopefully Tim Hill, his injury was like he was battling and that's why he he was performing so poorly to start the year. I think also you can fix the bullpen pretty uh, efficiently and easy uh, compared to starting pitching and fielding and batters and all that stuff, right? So I'm not super concerned. It is a little bit frustrating, though. Thank the Lord that the starting pitching is so good. Unlike the Phillies, who... I'm not convinced, you know, Aaron Nola is all that good, to be perfectly honest with you. And I don't know if Zach Wheeler is healthy. But at least they have some options. The Padres actually, Kevin Acey also tweeted that the upcoming rotation against Philadelphia is going to be Mike Clevenger on Tuesday, Blake Snell making his season debut on Wednesday, which is going to be a lot of fun, and then you Darvish. Uh, it allows the top three stars to start more and gives Mackenzie Gore rest. He likely pitches out of bullpen once. Before his next start, Padres have day off Monday, then play 40 games in 42 days, including 18 and 17 at end. That's confusing. Oh, doubleheader. That's what that means. Um, so that should that should be brought up. Maybe Mackenzie Gore, they're going to use him as a little bit of a boost for the bullpen. Maybe we'll see a little bit of Nick Martinez. I don't know for sure. I'd like to keep Mackenzie Gore in the starting rotation and move Martinez to the bullpen. But I do somewhat trust... To a degree, I don't I don't hate the idea of Mackenzie Gore coming in and giving us a fire like one inning. I don't necessarily hate that, or even two innings, right? We'll, we'll have to see how it all transpires, right? Maybe they might like to use a combination of him and Martinez. I don't know. A surplus of pitching is certainly not a bad thing. It is a great problem to have, you know what I'm saying? So even though the Padres' bullpen has been nightmarish, in my opinion, also if you take into account how good it was last year with guys like Pierce, with guys like Pomeranz, with guys like Austin Adams— the last guy that I got to mention, uh, assuming he doesn't hit every batter, of course, Austin Adams. I think that there's a lot of upside here. I'm not saying they're going to be a lights-out bullpen the way they were in the second half of 2020, the way they were in the first half of 2021. 
I just think they're not going to be a bottom five bullpen. This isn't like the Phillies, who for years couldn't get a bullpen. I think it's going to improve, and I think you should too. But again, that's just my opinion. And I know you guys like to hate some of my opinions every now and then, like me thinking Trent Grisham isn't uh, the future or anything like that. But one opinion that I think we can all agree on, guys, that I have, is that Built Bars, they're the best in the world. You know that? They're the best protein bar in all the land, everybody. Let me talk to you about something special, too. Imagine dipping your finger into the plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. You like birthday cake frosting, right? Everybody likes frosting, to a degree. Maybe not too much, but you like it a lot. And then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built Bar. I received my birthday cake puffs. And, oh man, they were so yummy. They were so yummy. They were like really soft and really like coconutty almost. That coconut like soft texture to it. And then the birthday cake icing and all that stuff. The sprinkles. It was so good. Finished all of them. Uh, not by myself. My mom helped me out uh, too because she really wanted a lot of them too. But they were delicious. Built Bar, I will test every flavor for you ever. They are so good. You guys are awesome at this. Guys, go check out their new birthday cake uh, puff flavor over at Built Bar. And of course... It's not just that. They've got lemon cream pie, and they've also got their regular Built Bars, Cherry Barcia. They've got peanut butter, chocolate, all sorts of flavors. That's what I like about them on top of being healthy for you is the variety. Love variety, guys. It's just, you need it. You need it in your life. What can I say? So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And we keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it moving. Because, oh boy, we ain't done yet. We're talking about the last game that the Padres had, which was the Friday game that they ended up winning. And it was also equally kind of nuts. It was pretty, it was a nutty game uh, in a lot of ways. They win this one 11-6. And a big part of this was not just from the first baseman going three for five in this game with two RBIs, which was great. Uh, Luke Voigt struck out three times despite going two for five, which was a little bit frustrating, although he did manage to, to clock a double, which was nice. Um, and and Will Myers, by the way, low-key had a nice weekend, three for four in this game as well. I actually forgot that he went three for four um, on top of getting uh, his first home run of the season. That's right. Uh, I tweeted, Will My the baseball guy. Will My the baseball guy, my dumbest most ridiculous nickname that I've given to a Padre, I would argue, or at least according to Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers, Will My the baseball guy getting his solo shot in this game. That was awesome. Um, really quickly before we talk about the good stuff, you uh, Darvish very shaky in this game. Five and two thirds innings, uh, five earned runs allowed on nine hits, walking one, striking out four. His ERA is currently at four point six two. He's not killing the team actively because of how in like how much depth the rotation has. But if the rotation didn't have this level of depth, if you were expecting you Darvish to be awesome, uh, he's been really, really messy. He's not even racking up the strikeouts all that much. Four in this game, three in the game before that, five in the game before that. Um, not r- racking up the strikeouts. And his control has been a little bit uh, all over the place. It's definitely fair to start having a conversation about whether or not you Darvish is done. Because um, he really relies on swing and miss stuff. And if guys are freely starting to hone in on his stuff, I don't think it's a question of just... Him not playing well, I think it's that the age finally caught up to him. I think that it's possible to say that his tenure with the Cubs, right, when the Padres trade for him, that he was on, you know, he had he was like a Cy Young uh, contender in 2020, well, on 2020, right? And then he was a all-star at the beginning of 2021. 
maybe that was his last gasp, right? That season and a half plus where he was just one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball. Maybe the Cubs really did sell high at the right time. I forgot what prospect return we gave them. It was still a trade that you can defend in a lot of ways, but considering the money that he's owed, the $19 million or so for this year and the next, uh, not looking good. It's probably one of the worst developments for the Padres right now, um, which is crazy because of the guy they have playing first base because he's all of a sudden one of the best hitters in the world. Um, that I'd say that that's probably the, the biggest issue. Uh, for the Padres right now. Whether or not they they would trade him, whether or not they even could trade him, given that he's owed money over the next two years, is something to be seen. They'd probably have to attach something uh, or take a loss in the trade just to simply get out from under that. But I only bring this up because I want to be petty to the person who was saying I don't deserve to host this podcast and locked on people aren't fans and all that. You know, talking about how Eric Lauer, he had a little bit of a messy start against, uh, who the heck were the Brewers playing this weekend? I forgot who. But he gave up four runs, but even still Eric Lauer on the year. Um, If I'm not mistaken, let me see if I can find it really quickly, guys. Really quick, and then I'll explain why I want to bring this up really quickly. Eric Lauer, he has a 2.6 ERA. He gave up four runs over five innings, gave up some big hits, but even still, before that, only three runs at least, and had a bunch of games with just only one run. And his strikeout stuff has been awesome, which I didn't expect. That part I didn't expect. He was secretly very solid for them last year, but he's a little bit more ground ball related, not too many strikeouts. This year, um, he's been he's been awesome um, and whatnot. So, you know, not not a not a good sign. And I bring that up only because while this person in my mentions was making fun of the fact that well, I I still want to take Darvish over Lauer every day, and it's like, okay, are we sure about that though? And on top of that, yes, Darvish might figure it out. He has a pedigree that we're willing to at least say maybe he can start getting a little bit better, even if I'm concerned. The problem is that even if he does get a little bit better, how much better? And then look at the value. Imagine if you have Lauer in place of Darvish right now. That means that, one, you're not paying him. He's not on the books for the next couple years for $19 million. Lauer's not costing nearly as much, and you keep the assets. On top of Urias, all of the guys that you got in the U Darvish uh, swap for, with Chicago. That's why it's a concern for me uh, when you look at it. But again, what do I know? I'm just the 800-pound idiot in the room with his Hawaiian shirt. Anyway, guys, let's uh, let's conclude by just talking about my favorite development over the weekend, assuming I can get back to it, is Hassan Kim. Uh, I mentioned his two doubles that he had in yesterday's game. That was awesome. On t- considering he made that bases running, base running uh, error, that was really nice to see. But... Uh, in this game, hitting the huge home run that ends up putting the Padres ahead in the first place in the top of the seventh, making the score. It was a three-run blast uh, to deep left, allowing the Padres' first baseman and Will Myers to score. Nice to see again. Will Myers start to at least look like a competent at bat and getting some hits for the team. Um, and then they end up blowing the game open with a Will Myers sacrifice fly. And then on top of that, Trent Grisham with the bases loaded, an RBI double uh, a three RBI double. Hold on. A three run double. That's the terminology baseball people use. There we go. Um, that was great to see from him. Even if the game was still a little bit out of, out of reach at eight to six, uh, that's still scary, especially with the Padres bullpen. Taylor Rogers, he almost blew the game against the Cubs, right? Maybe he's due. Doesn't matter. Give them the five run lead. That was awesome. So, I mean, I just love it. I, I absolutely love it from the Padres. Here's the thing with Hassan Kim. 
his defense hasn't been the best in the world if you look at about outs above average this season and all that stuff, right? He hasn't been incredible there, but he's been really competent there, especially compared to, uh, you know, some worries we've had about Tatis. And most importantly, his bat has gotten better. And he's pulling balls still, but he's making them fly balls, which is, that's the, the there's a long-winded way that even I don't know how to explain the stats on home run, uh, the pulled fly balls to ground outs and all that stuff to sort of ratio. You guys can go look that up, but basically bottom line is if he's going to pull it, at least he's pulling it into the air. And that's really good because that's resulting in more extra base hits and huge home runs here as evidenced uh, by the home run. Uh, So on top of the good defense, if Hassan Kim, just hits for a modest amount of power, hits maybe 230, gets on base a 330, 340 clip. He doesn't need to be an all-star. You know why? Because we have an all-star at shortstop. So if he can just be that solid end of like kind of lineup sort of guy who plays really good defense, which I think is going to come back, and the numbers will show that as time goes along. I just think he's made a couple weird errors. That's really good news uh, for the Padres, for him to develop that way. And hey, they're still going to have him on the team for a little bit longer. And on top of that, maybe you consider trading him with his improved ability at the plate. That's just it's just good news all the way around. Whether or not they're actually going to use him is irrelevant. It's that his value is up. He's providing value until Tatis gets back. And I absolutely adore it. I love it. So shout out to Hassan Kim being awesome. Um, And yeah, that's basically all to say here. I mentioned earlier, Robert Suarez. Yeah, only gets an out in this game. Walks two, ends up giving up a run. Um, What can I say? Uh, just a, I don't know. This was one of my favorite series of the day, uh, of the year, I should say. Um, because there is just something, this is a, t- I really thought the Braves were going to come out and I think the Braves are due to play better than how they've been so far. We'll see how it pans out over the course of the year, but I just think the Braves, it's weird that they aren't winning more games, uh, necessarily. Max Fried was, was pretty good in this game until he ended up getting a little bit lit up at the end. Uh, six innings he goes in this one, giving up four and runs on nine hits he kind of was managing to stay in there max freed another former padre by the way i think is very good i've always questioned whether or not he's like a superstar ace i just think he's an, a really good one and like an awesome number two like one of those type of guys almost like a jack flaherty for the cardinals type of thing um i know not a, not a relevant name right now necessarily but that's how i kind of feel about it um hey i hope uh Padres keep this up. We've got a series against the Phillies upcoming. That is going to be a really big test for the pitching because, of course, the Phillies went all in on offense. And then you've got a series against the Giants and then another series against another pretty good team, the Milwaukee Brewers. So uh, you got to keep the keep the ball rolling, right? Philadelphia, bad defense and shaky bullpen at times and shaky starting pitching at times, but they're going to hit you. Bryce Harper, I mean, I saw... Um, Eugene Segura, even if it was a little bit of a lucky home run that he got, had an expected batting average of like below 100, even still, those guys can hit, man. So this is going to be a really big test for the rotation. Darvish and Snell, especially with those guys. And Clevenger, too, for a matter of fact, because he's been fine in his first two starts, but these are big tests for not necessarily the most dominant pitcher so far for the Padres. It's actually probably been Musgrove, Manai, and Gore that have been the best so far for the Padres. So big, big test, and I can't wait for it. And stay tuned because on tomorrow's episode, going to be doing a crossover with uh, Connor. Uh, Connor, what's his name? I forgot his name. My boy Connor. I forgot his name. I'm so upset. Connor Thomas, the new host of Lockdown Phillies. We're going to be doing a crossover talking all things Phillies and Padres. That's going to be a lot of fun. You guys can look forward to that. Um, And then, of course, going to be doing more recaps. Probably going to do another crossover, honestly, with my boy Ben Kaspik. 
of Locked On Giants for this weekend's Giants series. Good vibes all the way around. I hope you guys enjoyed my upbeat attitude and my Hawaiian old shirt. Mm. Mm. Feeling good. Mm. And hopefully by the time uh, the end of the Philly series, I'll wear something else pretty great. Um, and with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres. For Just Baseball, where I write, I'm actually going to be writing about Robbie Ray this week. That should be really fun because he's been a bust for the Mariners so far. Uh, But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy that. And until next time, stay safe and of course stay faithful. My Fire Faithful homies, take care.